What's up, guys? Welcome to Javelins for Hire, Nerds Gone Rogue's Anthem Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Darian, alongside me, right here to my right, the wise Wisconsinite, Jesse Douglas. How's it going? As always, Jesse. I was very excited, because I thought we were going to have a bunch of stuff to talk about today, because they said there was a big new news trailer coming out this week, <laughs> and it was all the stuff that we've discussed in the last three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> customization progression the javelins all that in the fort tarsus all that stuff so uh not gonna lie the, the trailer was great like the they there's a lot of graphical improvements a lot of cleaned up menu stuff that they showed off uh, a lot of cool things that they showed off in that menu character animations look great a lot of that stuff looks fantastic but nothing new, <laughs> new <laughs> for people who have listened to this podcast uh yeah. So kind of disappointed but also really excited because they showed off some new customizations for the javelins, they showed off some new uh co-op stuff. They kind of went into detail like last week on how different javelins do different things with other javelins, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, as as much as I enjoyed that trailer. Did you watch it? Did you watch it today? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to yet. I, I, honestly miss. I forgot that there, that it had even come out. So, yeah. I just have. I've been so busy lately trying to do other stuff, and then yeah, I just. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't even realize until today that it came out. So, yeah. So it's been a real kind of interesting workaround trying to find stuff to talk about today, but. We are. We've got two two topics for you today. We've got. We're going to talk about the Dominion and the Monitor, who is the kind of main villain, I guess, quote unquote, in in uh, Anthem. And then we're going to talk about whether or not this game coming out before the Division or, you know, after a uh, Destiny expansion, you know, does this put Anthem in a weird spot uh, in terms of people? games people want to play as a service you know because division and destiny are two really established things already so uh yeah so i guess we're we're just gonna kind of get right into it here we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh anthem's kind of villains i guess real quick here uh well not real quick we're just gonna we're gonna talk about the the uh the dominion which which are we've established they are the villains of Anthem. Uh, I I'm looking at this IGN first article here where they they're talking about <coughs> the the villains. I'm just going to read the paragraph here. Generations earlier, the the legendary General Tarsus formed the Legion of Dawn to keep the human population safe. Over centuries of conflict with Tarsus, uh, Tarsus's legion resulted in the formation of various factions, each with their own unique motives. The Dominion. An aggressive military group from the north is one such faction. One of the leaders, the Monitor, believes that he knows how to properly handle the Anthem of Creation. There's a specific place the Monitor needs to get to so he can control the Anthem, uh, which is near Fort Fort Tarsus' territory. Those big red glowing eyes with the large hands are called Furies. The Furies are one of the tougher opponents you'll be facing along your journey. So, yeah... The bad guy wants to do, uh, quote unquote, bad things with the anthem of creation. <laughs> you know, when you have the 
the power of life and death and all of creation in your hands with uh, bad intent. Normally things go wrong. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there. So uh, so I pulled up I pulled up a uh, fandom article on the monitor. Uh, there's there's not really much yet, uh, just because you know it's uh, we don't have the game yet and we haven't explored all the lore or anything. But <coughs> the Monitor is the ruthless leader of the Dominion. He carries out his actions in the name of quote the greater good, which has resulted in his kingdom carrying out heinous acts in his name. Uh, the Monitor claims to have witnessed the witnessed firsthand the destruction of civilizations in the world due to the Anthem of Creation. In the current day, he plans to use the anthem for his own destructive desires, though claims that its power under his control, he could bring it into humanity's suffering. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this guy kind of, you know, mil- militarized legion he has going on here, kind of killing people for quote-unquote the greater good, that kind of thing. Kind of seems kind of seems like a bad guy. <laughs> it's a it's a good uh, it's a good direction though. Like you know, it's because a lot of times when you have a character that's just wants to be evil for for no no apparent reason, you know, like so. Hopefully, you know, we'll get to kind of just you know learn like what 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 happened to him. You know, who who hurt him <laughs> to yeah. make him want. <laughs> You know, for this to happen, like, you know, like, did his parents die because of the creators or something? And then that that just put him on a path to, you know, wanting to basically seek revenge or, or, you know, like some, you know, something along those kind of lines, you know. So that will be fun, you know, kind of learning, you know, what reason put him on this path, you know, to to this. So hopefully that's something that they, they go into depth with. As yeah. we're living out the story, yeah, and that's something that's something Bioware does really well too is flush out their villains. You know, with uh, yeah. with Mass Effect, you had Saren in the first game, and then the elusive man in the in the second game, and then kind of in the third game. But then you had the Reapers, which had their own kind of agenda. Uh, they do a good job with telling a villain's backstory, and even though like you know sometimes villains aren't really fleshed out in a way that you like them to. Bioware always does a, a decent job, at least in Mass Effect. I don't know about the villains and stuff in Dragon Age, though a lot of people do really like that uh, series and, and those characters and the villains in that game as well. Yeah. Uh, Bioware yeah, Dragon ha- Age is a pretty pretty massive massive uh, fan base. So Yeah. And I mean, like, Bioware hasn't become Bioware by creating crappy characters, right? That's their thing is character-driven yeah. RPGs. Also, yeah. by the way, maybe the best story about a villain ever, Knights of the Republic. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Darth Revan is kind of the bread and butter of a good storytelling about a uh, a bad guy. So, yeah. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to spoil that that game, but uh it's real good. It's 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 real good. So the way they handle that story is is pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, I I want to see this character's motivations. I want to see, I want to see why. Like, was he part of the Legion of Dawn and split off because he didn't believe in what they were doing? 
you know, like you said, did they like mur- straight up murder his family when he was little and he wants revenge? Like, what's the deal here? Why is he the quote unquote bad guy? Is he going to be sympathetic? Is he going to be some sort of character we can relate to on on some level? Because those are that's kind of what makes the best villain is uh, someone yeah. that you know you kind of sympathize for and yeah, it's like I mean to compare it to like TV or something. It's why people like. Tony Soprano, or why people like uh, Frank Underwood in in House of Cards, or you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. they're villains that you cheer for almost because you relate to them on certain levels, and yeah, uh, yeah. So I yeah, like it, like it's always fun. Yeah, when you have that like that those games where you you think that you're playing as the good guys. And then there's a twist, and you find out that hey, wait a minute, I'm actually, I'm actually playing as the bad guys. Like those kind of things are always fun too. Yeah. You know, so like you know, like when you have a a bad guy that you can like completely end up relating with because you find out that that actually the bad guy was the good guy. Yeah. Like I don't know that that's going to be the case in this game, but but it's you know it. Like those kind of things are, are are always make for an interesting game, and just yeah, and for for them to kind of if they make the bad guy have some kind of legit reason where you you could be like yeah, I could see why he would be pretty pissed off, you know? Yeah, but. yeah. So I mean, I look, I I'm interested to see the other the other big twist here too that we haven't really talked about is. They use the same kind of tech that that humans use for javelins, right? They have the yeah. quote unquote Valkyries, which is their version of the javelins. You know, they yeah. they use they use the same tech. So I that I want to see how that ties into the story as well. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to click on this Dominion uh, thing here. Yeah, it it does make it seem like like some like maybe he was part of of the team that that built those at first and then something happened where he just branched off yeah you know yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna read this thing here about the dominion because this might give us a little bit of an idea into why the dominion uh is the opposing force in this game uh the dominion is based in a kingdom located to the north of fort tarsus it is led by the mysterious individual known as the Monitor, which we just discussed. Uh, the Dominion believe the way to survival is peace through force. So they kind of sound, sound like bad guys. Uh, and keep people on short leashes in terms of freedom. While the Monitor directs the Dominion for what he believes is, is the greater good, this means the Dominion is willing to carry out heinous acts in pursuit of its goals. Uh, the Dominion is an ancient enemy of the Freelancers, whom they are f- philosophically opposed to. They have always been a threat to Fort Tarsus, and in the present day, they remain in conflict with the Freelancers. Like the Freelancers, the Dominion has access to jav- javelins. Notably, they designed the Storm Javelin through it, uh, uh, though it later fell into the hands of the Freelancers. Uh, their version of the Storm Javelin is known as the Valkyrie, uh, which uh, they kind of modified, and they they have similar but different attributes to the Storm Javelin. So uh, the Dominion is attempting to use the Anthem of Creation as a weapon in order to establish their rule over the world. To achieve this, they they seek to retrieve uh, Shaper relics, 
the freelancers moved to stop them as the Dominion Dominion's actions were putting everyone at risk. So, uh, yeah, so that, what we were just talking about, we were wondering how they kind of fit into the, uh, why they use javelins as well. And it turns out they designed one of them. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's, there's that tie yeah. there. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so by the way, they're, they're looking for these shaper relics. Uh, so what, what shaper relics are, they are the massive tools used by the shapers, uh, which are the gods that abandon the world, uh, to create the world, which were able to tap into the mysterious anthem of creation to form it. The shapers endeavored to complete their work in nine days, but suddenly vanished on the third, leaving the instruments behind. In the present day, these relics uh, litter the landscape. Uh, while the relics have long abandoned, have been long abandoned, they are no, by no means dormant. They continue to tap into, quote, echoes of the anthem of creation and activate a, at random with often destruction, destructive consequences, leaving the world in a constant state of change and largely inhospitable, uh, save for the freelancers equipped with javelin exosuits. The relics can both spawn life and mutate existing life. So this kind of sounds like when you encounter a shaper relic within the game, at least, it sounds like the shaper relics are going to form the, the either the public event style things or, you know, different the different events that happen in the world. Because they did say the world is going to be the same for everyone, uh, despite what instance you're in. So if there's a storm rolling in, everybody's going to experience a storm. If there's one of these shaper relics decides to do something, it's happening and it changes everybody's world. So uh, it's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole elemental thing that they that they they did or the you know the season stuff that they did with Forza and stuff like that. Yeah, like where you know like you have the actual seasons affect everyone. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That that'll be very interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm interested Just to see man. how like because like once what if you go into like a stronghold and the strongholds have the shapers and you need to like I don't know figure out how to harness the sh- the shaper uh, the shaper to like manipulate the world or whatever I don't know I think it's I think it's yeah. gonna be kind of cool to see, but yeah like that that would be kind of cool if. Uh... Yeah, if there was a like, if there there would be um, <clears throat> kind of like in you know in Destiny you had the uh, the uh, events or whatever. Yeah, the public you know, like, events. That, yeah, public events. Like, what if they have it where there's public events that are tied around that, and um, like people could not could not be in that public event doing stuff. And after the public event is done, like whatever like lightning storm was happening in a certain area would stop because of someone finishing the public event, and then people outside of the event could notice a change in the weather or a change in the, you know, whatever because of someone finishing that, regardless if they were in the event or not. Like, you know, like they could, you know, kind of do something cool like that with that with that whole idea. Yeah. We were talked a little bit about it on on Dark Zone Junkies about the on the divisions side, but the big question is is 
is Anthem able to survive and and th- even thrive in a world where Destiny and the Division are already established, and even a game like Fortnite? Uh, there, there is a lot of. I don't want to say negativity against Anthem, but there's a lot of skepticism against Anthem to see if Bioware can pull off a multiplayer RPG. Uh, you know, we we know they have a great track record with with single player RPGs, but a lot of people kind of felt burned by Mass Effect Andromeda, and like, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the first episode where, yeah. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was a misstep, but it was also a different team, and there were certain things within EA that that would kind of force that game out when it wasn't finished and stuff like that. So, uh, do you yeah, do you think what I was going to say? Didn't yeah? Didn't they have to like re redo a whole bunch of stuff at some point or something like that? Well, what they said? what they did What's was that? they they eighteen months before launch they switched engines. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's and they right. kind of had to build the game around a new engine because they were they were using Unreal, uh, yeah. which is what Mass Effect, the original trilogy, runs on. So they were building this game on Unreal, which you know they were very familiar with. They got they had everything running on it and whatever, and they had some unique yeah. ideas that they could do it in Unreal because you know it's a little bit more flexible than what Frostbite was at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know they. They wanted almost a No Man's Sky style vibe to it, where like you go to these planets, you you kind of explore and kind of make camps and stuff on these different planets yeah. and harvest resources, almost kind of like a almost in a Harvest Moon style way, where you're like harvesting resources that okay. after time intervals you gain the resources and you can go like you have them shipped back to your ship and stuff. Like it was really okay. cool ideas, uh, you know. And then they kind of got forced down, down this uh, path where they had to switch everything over and they couldn't use their ideas because it was going to take more time and they needed to get the game out or whatever so yeah uh, so yeah. a lot of people a lot of people have some skepticism towards anthem because some people just see the bioware name and don't recognize that hey there's two teams there's or there well there's like three or four teams now and uh you know, this was the fir- their first time making a full game when they've just been a support studio since, uh, you know, Dragon Age, uh, the first one, Origins, I guess it was what it was called. So, yeah. uh, do you think people have the right to be skeptical against uh, skeptical, bleh, skeptical about Anthem? I, it's kind of okay. So this is what I'm gonna say. Like just. Just again, like what we just kind of talked about, all the reasons why, why uh, the last the last game they made didn't do well. You know, they, you know, there was a lot of a, a lot of things that kind of just ended up not being ideal for them uh, creating, you know, creating a game wise, and. But the thing is, is all the other Mass Effects before that game were great they were amazing like and and because of the fact that we can point to a reason why maybe things didn't turn out as well as they should have in my opinion is enough of 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 a reason to not have as you know as much worry about about this game because now 
they've you know they they know they know that they're using the frostbite engine so they they day one this the second they started working on this game they they were doing what they needed to do in the in the system that they were going to be using throughout the full game so there's no setbacks like that you know that they that they're having to deal with really i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure there's setbacks that we won't hear about until later like when devs talk about like oh well we were having issues trying to get this sequence to work or you know like the the in-depth things that that you know that a lot of devs don't really talk about always but but i mean for the most part though i i just think that they've kind of knew what they wanted to do they've been doing it and they're you know for the most part there hasn't really been any setbacks or any reasons for us to to be worried about it yeah i, I feel like you know yeah. like i I, I I can see, and then th- this is where I say I can see where it, people are going to be skeptical or whatever of it is just because of the EA name. And at this point, EA doesn't exactly have the greatest, you know, like not everyone is too is fond of EA and the directions that they've gone, you know, recently. But I feel like I feel like it's in EA's best interest for them to kind of just let Bioware do what Bioware does and has done for years and brought them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I think EA understands as well as we do that, yeah, it's probably not easy for us, you to have to switch an engine in the middle of the game. So we'll give you that the last you know the last game you know it didn't work out that's fine you know i i just i just think that ea may may kind of be you know just kind of letting them do their thing yeah because i I, like like you said i think i think ea needs a win more than bioware does right now yeah (laughs) too because like look at the look at Look at the fiasco they're in with the Star Wars license, right? Like, you know, yeah. there's a there's a thing that came out a couple days ago where BioWare pitched Knights of the Old Republic 3 to EA and they said no because they wanted a games as a service game, right? They wanted that game that people are going to keep coming back to and spend money on and that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I don't know if Anthem spawned out of that or if people were just like Hey, uh, you know we're we're gonna we're just gonna make Anthem now, I guess. Or if Anthem, if they had two projects in the works or what. But like, the thing is, is EA needs that win because of they they they're halfway through their Star Wars contract and they've produced two games outside of the mobile stuff, right? Like two yeah. pretty mediocre Battlefront games. One of which was in hot water due to the pay to win stuff. So, I mean, there's that, but then there's also, they don't have anything else besides sports, right? And granted, Madden and FIFA alone make them a ton of money every year, but Battlefield is kind of on a a downhill slope, you know, I I don't know if, I mean, we played the beta for Battlefield 5, but like, you know, Battlefield's kind of on a downhill slope, uh, 
Medal of Honor doesn't exist anymore. Titanfall 2 didn't sell super well, even though, like, it was a fantastic game. Like, didn't yeah. sell well. So, like, EA needs a win more than Bioware does right now. And I think, I think Anthem... I think EA is going to let them do with Anthem what they need to do with it, right? They've already delayed it a yeah. year, right? And so yeah, it's hard because I, I, I really think that Anthem is going to be great. I I have a feeling... <clears throat> Sorry. Well, that was weird. I went to sneeze and then it didn't come out. <laughs> and then like... My nose got really stuffy for a second, and then it just didn't come out. Uh, I think, I I hope what with Anthem, people like. Let's use Destiny as as an example. When Destiny One came out, right, a lot of people yeah. thought that Destiny was going to be Halo plus Borderlands, right? With like, yeah. okay, it's a loot shooter. RPG, right? Where like there's going to be new guns every five seconds. There's going to be loot on the ground everywhere, and it turned out not to be that. And a lot of people were kind of disappointed in Destiny, and and you know at first because of that, and then the, then the real reasons kind of started kicking in, and you know didn't even really get fixed until the Tank King a year later. But yeah, you know, I really hope people go into Anthem with the right expectations. Like I think they've made their messaging clear. Right, with they're putting out so many dev streams. They're putting out. I mean, that trailer, for example, was such a perfect piece of like, here's what Anthem is. Right, you can customize your javelin however you want. Your the Under Armour stuff is the stuff that you collect out in the world. Where the Over Armour stuff is kind of like your. This is this is how you do customization. This is how you do progression. This is how you upgrade weapons. These are the legendary weapons. These are the strongholds. Here's the difference between the javelins. They've really gotten that message out there, right? And I think that's great. Yeah. I hope en- enough people see that, but like I think that message is great. And in terms of of competition, like right now, Destiny is kind of in a weird spot <laughs> with with uh, you know, splitting from Activision and. Luke Smith, which if you want to check out Tower Casuals, we're going to talk about what Luke Smith said about the future of Destiny. They seem pretty committed to Destiny, but uh, there's there's some things in right in the immediate future that's like, okay, we've got a roadmap for content, but as we make this transition, maybe it's not going to be kind of what we wanted what you know activision wanted it to be it's going to be kind of we're transitioning to it how we want it to be and how we want it to move forward so a lot of des- a lot of destiny players are going to have to be patient with that so uh and and you know we talked about how there's that kind of ubisoft cluster community where like okay we'll play the division and then we'll we'll check out the new operators in rainbow six and then we'll play some ghost recon when the new content for that comes out like there's this kind of Ubisoft games as a service community and then there's the yeah. other games as as a service community and I think the only real kind of quote unquote threat for Anthem right now is is getting people to jump ship from something like Fortnite or or Call of Duty, right? And, yeah. and not to say that they're in direct competition but like Getting people into a new games as a service this late in a console cycle is going to be is that's going to be their challenge, right? It's not going to be that, 
oh, Destiny has a big expansion coming out at the same time, so uh, Anthem's not going to survive because they have a new expansion or something, right? It's going to be how do you how do you market a new games as a service this late in the console cycle when games like Fortnite and Blackout are so popular? Yeah, yeah, and I and I honestly though I I feel like in some ways it's kind of a good thing that Anthem is like because it's 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 not coming out to all systems right away, right? What Anthem? Isn't, yeah, Anthem. It's, I forget. Is it, it's, is it it's, coming out to everything? Yeah. Oh, okay. Xbox One, PC, I, and PS4. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why I was thinking that, that they had an uh, exclusive deal with Xbox One. Well, they came if, you have EA, if you have EA access, you get it a week early. Well, yeah. Well, ten, yeah. 10 hours worth of it early. But Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what they're... Yeah, that's what they're doing. Well, um, I was going to say... I was going to say, well, the thing is, too, like, you know, when comparing this to Destiny, like, so with Destiny, they basically, you know, probably could have used a year, uh, you know, the game being delayed for another year, like mm-hmm. Anthem was. Mm-hmm. And and I'm hoping... Well, that's the thing, I'm too, think- with Destiny, is everything was already delayed a year. Yeah. Destiny 1... Vanilla was delayed a year, yeah. Uh, and then you know the the problem with Destiny, which we'll talk a little bit about Tower Casuals, is I was actually I've actually been going back and researching a bunch of Destiny stuff. Uh, but the short story is the thing with Tower Casual or the thing with De- Destiny is like it was supposed to come out in 2013, I think 2013, I think, and it came out in 2014. Yeah, uh, but when the game was supposed to come out. They scrapped the whole campaign, which is yeah. why the vanilla campaign was kind of not great. The yeah. lead, uh, the lead writer left. A bunch of production leads left because they were feuding. They had internal feuds, not just oh. with it. It was more of a. It, it was more of like, hey, we're feuding internally with the higher ups of Bungie because the Bungie higher ups are feuding with Activision, right? Because Activision wants it this way, so in order for us to make our make our publisher happy, we have to do it this way. And everybody was like, "We're not having that. We need we just." And, and they ended up leaving, right? So uh, yeah. there was that whole issue. And then the Taken King expansion was supposed to be a, a part of Destiny One Vanilla. Yeah. And then yeah. after that, like Destiny Two was delayed a year, and they put Rise of Iron together in like five months. Uh, to have an expansion instead in, instead of another game proper, so there's there's yeah. all kinds of things with Destiny that just kind of made it, it put made it you know it was in trouble from the start. So uh, yeah, but you know after that it's like it, it, Anthem has already been delayed a year. I think they've they've had the they they've been working on this game. Since Mass Effect Three wrapped, and Mass Effect mm-hmm. Three wrapped in what two thousand and twelve ish? Yeah, I'm trying to think yeah. when Mass Effect Three yeah, came I, out. That sounds right. So because yeah, that sounds right because if only I had a device remember. in front of me that could tell me <laughs> when things came out. 
Well, well, and I think the thing is too is like I don't. Yeah, I doubt there was any kind of feuding or anything going on that would cause, you know, cause things to yeah, to be be delayed even more so, like as far as progress goes. So, like, what I was basically gonna say is the thing is is that that just the fact that EA let them, you know have you know delay it another uh a year says that that they're you know they're trying to give them trying to work with them and give them the time they need to finish it and do it correctly and i think i think the thing is too is like i think i think this like this anthem is basically gonna be their you know their destiny their their ambitious you know new thing that they wanted to do that like you know like takes from the games they've made in the past and try to just really push their you know push their abilities to its fullest yeah and really give us a a really good new experience you know like that's that's how i look at it and and just the fact that that ea you know because the just the fact that they let them do that you know is is a big deal in in my opinion because you a lot of the times you hear about these these companies that these creators who want to do this big ambitious project and the only way they can do it is by leaving the the people who you know who are publishing or or basically owned you know them at the time and you know the fact that that EA has kind of let them do that is is a is a positive for you know for them that yeah. you know that they that they actually let them do do something different and didn't just force them into making more more uh, you know of the same game over and over and over again. So yeah, the fact that they didn't have to leave EA in order to give us Anthem is is a good you know a good sign in itself in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that's that's kind of, you know, I as as we wrap up here, I kind of I kind of just want to say that like Anthem is a different beast from everything that I've consumed in the last 2 weeks, which believe me, is a lot. <laughs> so much it's it's such a different beast than something like destiny uh as of right now and you know i was looking at the map of the world which i actually thought about talking about on on this episode but we'll save it for next week where the map is gigantic but you can make a map that gigantic when you're not going you know like destiny you're going to planet after planet after planet after planet to to do new stuff and and not that those worlds are small but by any stretch but it's not a huge kind of open space that you can go to like an Anthem, you know, where Anthem's yeah. going to be a, a huge open world with all kinds of different sectors that you can go explore and whatever. And, and it's just a really cool looking game. And I yeah. think that it has a lot going for it. And in the terms of people, like people want to feel like Iron Man, right. And people want to yeah. be able to play with their friends and fly around in these suits and, explore the world and i think it really has that going for them uh and you know i i really think it's going to be a different unique experience from destiny and and i can't i can't wait to play it because 
the the stuff they were showing off with the Colossus javelin yesterday on a on a live stream was just like it was really cool, man. Yeah. Like the way they kind of built the had their build built around this Colossus was like it was literally just a walking tank that could heal everybody. <laughs> where like <laughs> it kind of walked in front of everybody with this big kind of like almost like a riot shield almost. Oh, okay. and and like nice. they had the the support uh, shield uh, thing on it where they just were able to heal people within a vicinity and people were a lot oh. were like flying around behind it and taking out enemies and swooping back behind it to heal and coming back up and shooting more enemies and then they showed that mini nuke weapon that the the Colossus had and it was just oh my gosh it's it's gonna be so cool so <laughs> yeah I I can't wait I. I still do need to go. I kind of want to watch some stuff, like some gameplay stuff, because I've been trying to kind of stay away from it and just only kind of learning what I what I absolutely need to for the show. Yeah. But, like, I... Because I'm kind of in between, like, like you and Ed, where, like, Ed uh, doesn't really want to see anything at all. He doesn't even want to listen to this the show because he wants to just completely go in blindly and like part of me wants to be that way but at the same time i kind of want to learn like a whole bunch of, like i like what we talk about i don't feel like is the, is a much of a spoiler you know it's just like being it's like being informed about something before going into it so you you know like like we're trying to hope hopefully help people understand things and and have a positive feeling about it going into the game versus just listening to what negative stuff people might be saying without any idea of what they're even talking about you know like that's that's my issues i don't like i don't mind if people want to be critical about games but but you should probably just make sure that you're like you know, giving it a try first and just just understand things a little bit before you start just, you know, trying to be negative about it because it just doesn't help anyone ultimately. Yeah. You know, and, and with the way social media is and stuff now, it's so easy for people to get, you know, poor information about things. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it's just like uh, I, I really want you know i really want people to to for this to be something massive for us that we get to enjoy and and everyone else people who listen to this show or just people who like you know mass effect and all that stuff like i'm hoping that it's a good good balance between people who like games like destiny and people who like the mass effect series like kind of bringing that kind of stuff together like i i I really just hope it does good because like BioWare deserves it and you know and and like you said like EA need it needs a win at this point. They need to you know they need to be able to prove why why they were such a big company for for so many years. So, yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Javelins for Hire. I want to thank everybody for watching and making this podcast a a you know, big success for us, at least, uh, in terms of listeners and downloads and stuff. Uh, you know, we're getting a couple new subscribers every day, uh, on, on YouTube and, uh, increased viewership. And 
I want to apologize for not getting those videos up uh, like I said I was because turns out making a gameplay video and not a podcast is way harder than than you know <laughs> you know I know we do stuff for squoggles and stuff but it's not like we we press record on the video and then we just we just let it go right we don't actually make yeah. cuts or or do anything that deep so uh yeah it turns out it's pretty hard when you're trying to uh <laughs> do all that so yeah and juggle everything else on top of it yeah so i mean it, it they'll be up soon i'm i'm trying everybody so i i'm hoping to have them up this week uh, so if you want to head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe, you'll you'll know when those are coming. Uh, so yeah, I want to thank everybody for watching. You can follow us on Twitter at Javelins for Hire. You can email us at Javelins for Hire at gmail.com. and you can also find all of our shows and content on NGRRadio.com. I uh, really encourage you guys to go subscribe to our other channels as well: Dark Zone Junkies, uh, Tower uh, Tower Casuals. Uh, that's our Division and Destiny channels, respectively, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. If you're interested in Nintendo, you can check out Nintendo Power Block. If you're interested in PlayStation, you can check out Nerds Gone Platinum. And if you're interested in Xbox content, you can check out Arsenal X. And of course, Nerds Gone Rogue Prime, which is where it kind of sp we spawned off of. So, uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, actually, next not next week. Yeah, next week we'll be able to have gameplay impressions for you. So. Uh, because the demo is coming, <laughs> and we will be able to talk about the demo. So it's coming. It's coming. I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm so excited, dude. We're gonna. We're actually gonna be able to talk about Anthem next week. Uh, so stay tuned next week. I'm very excited to talk about that. And uh, until next week, we love you. Bye. <laughs>